We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Fuel podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am one of your co-hosts, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops, and I am a staff writer for the Dream Shake. I'm actually joined today by Mr. Dave Hardesty of Clutch Fans. Uh, definitely, thank you for jumping on as usual. Sure. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, and I want to ask you before we introduce our – so is this still any – do you have any semblance that – you know, there's some hope that you may still get your pick in Jabari Smith and he may still come to Houston <laughs> or you kind of move on. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I, I mean, there may be like a, you know, a sliver of hope, but I don't, I'm not holding on to it for sure. I think he's going one, Chet two, and, and Palos three. And, and that's fine. So, But that's what I expect. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of seemed like it's going that way, but I mean, I know you wouldn't jump off a bridge if they do draft Paulo. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I, I, I guess at least people here will be okay. Yeah, um, not again anyway, yeah. Um, so of course we are joined again by mr tobias bass like like i said before he's joined us on this on this particular show before i've had him on previous podcasts that i was on um he's definitely one of the most plugged in probably one of the most hardest working was actually just talking about that with him one of the most hardest working people in the entire business um that covers high school and college and I, i definitely appreciate you coming back on the show again tobias no problem thanks man thanks for having me on and before we kick it off, why don't you again let everybody know where they can find all your great material, all the, your you know breaking news that you come out with seems like every week. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass like the fish. And then you can check out some of my content at theathletic.com. We're doing a bunch of um, big NBA draft stuff today and tomorrow. We'll also have the uh, – the Stanley Cup Finals is tonight. I'll be doing that tonight too. So, oh, wow. be, yeah. So, so I'll be doing I'll be doing the hockey finals tonight as well. So we're we're doing it all at the Athletics. So go ahead and subscribe. So is this the first time you're covering hockey as well? Or you kind of been dabbling in that for a while. This is definitely the first time I've covered hockey. You know, you know, as a fellow Houston, we don't have a hockey team. Yeah, yeah. Do the arrows exist? anymore. I don't, I don't think they, so. Right? No, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah I don't, they tried to bring them back, but it didn't yeah. last. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they exist anymore. So this is definitely my first time. Um, I've typically watched, you know, here and there during the playoffs, but yeah. definitely not to this extent. So it's, it's been... It's been fun. It's been a journey, but it's been fun. Yeah, so basically you're pulling a Bo Jackson. You're going from yeah, one man. sport one night to another sport the next night. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So especially, yeah. Especially during the finals, it'll be, you know, hockey playoffs today, NBA yeah. finals the next day. Then you just go back and forth. So, yeah. yeah. They got us doing a lot, but it's fine. Well, we actually were talking a couple of days ago, and, and you were telling me that you had spoken to um, over 15 different uh, head coaches in uh, college basketball about the different prospects in this year's draft. So I kind of wanted to start there. Like, what are you hearing about some of the different uh, draft prospects that will be, you know, in tomorrow's uh, NBA draft? Uh, like, what's some of the news or different things you've been hearing from the college coaches? So I spoke to um one of one of the head coaches. He, had, I'm, I, I won't say the 
I won't say the team and I probably won't say the coach's name, yeah. but one of the teams, they made a deep run in the tournament. Um, he said that he thought that Benedict Mathurin and um, Johnny Davis were the two best players they played all year. Uh-huh. And they thought and they thought that they're going to be game changers at the next level. And then for the sake of this conversation, he said that between the two, he thought uh, Benedict from Arizona was a little better. Did Do you know if that coach also played some of the other teams of like the, the guys? Yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did. Interesting. Math and yeah. yeah. So, so and as far as him saying that, did he also feel that if he was like one of the you know people that made decisions in the NBA that he would pick them a lot higher than we've been seeing in most mock drafts? Because if I'm not mistaken, we've been seeing most of them around the middle of the lottery or a little yeah. bit past the lottery. So, do you is that somebody he would pick even higher than that if he was making a decision? So for them, you know, you know, the big three, they're going to go one, two, three in some, you know, yeah. some order. But he thinks that, you know, outside of Jaden Ivey, he thinks that Benedict is probably just as good or maybe oh, okay. you know, just as good as probably Jaden Ivey. So he would probably pick, you know, Benedict probably about that high. I think that he's just a game changer on uh, both ends. You know, you have to get the fit right. But assuming the fit is right, he thinks that he could be a, um, a star in the league. Wow. That, that's I mean, it's interesting. I think right now most kind of project him to go like in the five to eight range, something yeah. around there, maybe Detroit if Ivy goes four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if he could be, I mean, he's obviously got some, some three and D in him for sure. Yeah. So I think that's a, a guy who could be, who have, could have an impact in the league. Yeah. And, and also, um, have you heard anything else about any of the, maybe the top 10 or, or 15 players as far as, you know, your discussions with the different coaches. Um, you we want to pick a player specifically, or just or just bring anyone. So, so for instance, um, I, I know a player that still kind of all over the board. We heard some things where he had good workouts, where some things where he had bad workouts, like Shaden Sharp, for instance. Okay. Like, have you heard anything else about him as far as what college coaches, even though he didn't, you know, actually play in, you know, in with Kentucky? Have you heard anything else about, you know, how he's been progressing so far? That was one that was pretty funny. They they really wouldn't they really didn't touch him the most because you know I mean yeah. bro, I guess we're all waiting to see, um, but they you know they said that he was really talented you know that they just want to kind of see what he how he fits and what teams want to pick him. But just from a pure talent standpoint, he's one of the more talented players in, in this year's draft. They just want to see if he could put it all together. He's he might be you know a couple of steps behind because he just hasn't played in over a year. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask about Tari Eason. I don't know if you've heard anything about him. That's somebody yeah. the uh, Rockets fans have been quite interested in at seventeen or even maybe if they could slightly move up. But there's kind of a wide range on him. You see people yeah. in the you know mid-lottery, late lottery, you know, 10 to 12 range, all the way down to like 23. Have you heard anything about his workouts and, and uh, you know, what coaches think of him? Well, some of the coaches, they said that he was a modern NBA four, very skilled, can catch and shoot it with size, makes tough baskets, and they think he'll have a pretty solid uh, professional career. Solid, solid professional career. He'll need to guard, you know, need to work on, um, you know, definitely decision-making and guarding on the perimeter, but they think that he'll be a good fit in the league. He'll be a nice, you know, we'll see how if he takes that next step. They think that he could definitely be a good role player for for years to come. Interesting, because, you know, you say modern four, and the Rockets, you know, probably probably going to draft Paolo Bancaro. If not, they're probably yeah. going to get a four in some capacity here. So yeah. do you think he could – I mean, I know it's kind of becoming a positionless league, but does he have some potential to play three, like a wing, and, and guard some quicker wings? That's where it gets tricky because you even see it on the high school level. Everyone wants to play wing until it's time to guard your position, which is hard because <laughs> yeah. it's one of the harder positions to guard, and also scoring on your position. You know, everyone wants to be a wing. So 
to answer your question directly, I'm maybe down the line. I think right now, I think he'd be a lot better at the four. You look okay. at a guy like um Tobias Harris, not comparing him to Tobias Harris, but when he first got into the league, he was a three. Well, he got traded around a couple of times. You know, his minutes kept getting cut. You know, that, that last stop in the Pistons before he took off and put him at the four, he was borderline an all-star. And he's gotten better pretty much ever since he was, he was bad this year. But after that, he was pretty good. So I think guys like that, those tweeners, I, I personally would probably leave them at the four because when you start putting them at the wing, I get they want to have bigger guys on the wing. You can just get in a lot of trouble that way. Yeah, and I also want to ask you about Adrian Griffin. He kind of has bounced around as far as mock yeah. drafts are concerned. I've heard some people now saying he may even drop somewhere in the 10-11 range. Mm. I mean, what have you been hearing, you know, just talking to coaches and just, you know, from your, your normal duties, what have you been hearing about him? Is he really – dropping as fast as a lot of people are saying he is? Um, they've heard some dropping for sure. I mean, he's just, you know, it's 3 and D. You know, it's, if you're yeah. if you're picking in the top 10, is that worth selecting a 3 and D guy? Or would you rather get a guy that can potentially be a star player? Nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a 3 and D guy, but maybe a team that's borderline playoff or maybe even a playoff team, he might fit them better because, you know, you pick him. And he might he might not be you know he might not be able to impact you immediately. So I think especially teams picking in the top ten, they need guys to step in and be good right away. So he's probably a safer pick, probably in that later nine ten later lottery uh, part of the draft. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We uh, Griffin spoke to the media a couple of days ago, and uh, a reporter actually did ask him about you know, him getting his athleticism back because he did yeah. show a lot more in high school than right. he did at Duke. And he at least looks like he has shown the ability to, you know, he's got a handle, he can make moves, yeah. but he just looked a tad slow for NBA maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that something you think could come back as he is recovering from injuries and maybe be more than just a three and D guy in the league? Yeah, I think it could definitely come back. You know, make sure you get with the right trainer and make sure he's eating properly, things like, you know, little things like that. Cause that, that matters, you know, the most. So, I can see it coming back. It's just all up to him. You know, he's going to have to work and show that he can do more. Like someone in this draft is going to catch somebody by surprise. You know, maybe it can be him. I'm not sure. We'll have to let them sort that out. But I think this draft has some sleepers, and I think he could even potentially be one. And and speaking of sleepers, that actually kind of leads into my next question because, like I said, you've been talking to a lot of college coaches. Is there somebody else? I mean, you mentioned a couple people earlier, but is anybody else that, you know, college coaches are saying that, not enough people are talking about that's you know that maybe NBA teams need to be looking at and they're not looking at right now. The, the name that kept coming up over and over and over was Bryce McGowan, the kid from uh, Nebraska. Wow, there's you know um, really 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 talented. I mean he's you look at his pure talent base. He's one of the more talented players in this class. He just played on a bad team, and like we said last podcast, Nebraska hasn't been good at anything, and God knows when. But <laughs> yeah. from a pure talent standpoint, it would. It wouldn't surprise me if a couple years down the line he turns up borderline all star. That wouldn't surprise oh, me because oh, oh. he's talented enough. He can he can do it all. I'm gonna I'm gonna read um a quote. I'm gonna read a quote from him. This is this is a coach that um that played played against him early in the season, and um right here he says Bryce is very very talented individual. He's a natural scorer and it comes easy it comes easy to him. He's athletic enough to play in the league, no doubt. Has to be more consistent with a three point shot, but needs and needs to be more engaged defensively. With his size, I could see him playing multiple years in the NBA. If things work out, and I could see him being a borderline all-star. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's definitely high praise. Yeah. I mean, saying borderline all-star in the NBA, that's definitely uh, that's definitely something. Um, he was one of those guys yeah. – sorry to interrupt, Lashar. Oh, no, he was one of those guys where, 
you know, maybe a month ago, we were like seeing a few mocks where he would be yeah. like late lottery and, and yeah. Branham was that way. And now Branham is looking like he stayed that way. But McGowan's, I mean, with the Rockets holding 17 and pick 26, at least currently, you know, could be somebody that they take a look at. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And I also was going to kind of bring up the 26 pick. I mean, we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast. The Rockets do have 17-26, uh, something that happened after since uh, we last spoken. Right. Do you see this draft as being deep enough to where you would be comfortable sticking at number 26? Or would you, like most reports have been kind of coming out saying that the Rockets are looking to package that, would you be more likely that you would want to package these two picks just because it may not be a stronger draft when we get past, you know, the top 15 or so? I guess it just depends on what you need. You know, if you guys want to center and maybe – Mark Williams won't fall that far, but maybe if you yeah. like Walker Kessler and he's still there, is that a guy that you know maybe maybe they need? But if you know if you're looking on the board and you have your positions filled out and you don't like a player there, I can see them definitely um, trading it. The point being is just what are you going to get in return? But yeah. what you know is it, is it a player? Is it another pick? You know, down the future. So I think that's the biggest thing. But this draft it has some gems in there. You have to just trust you know your scouting department and see if they can find. You know, one of those guys, and I and I think there's some good players that you could probably get. They might have to be projects, but I'm going to mock draft right here. They have Walker Kessler going at 25. Could he fall one spot below? Sure. And it's funny you bring that up because actually I was going to ask you about Kessler next. Do you think? I mean, I think backup centers in the league nowadays, like nobody would want to take one necessarily in the first round. They would probably take right. a first round, kind of like running backs in the NFL, where right. yeah. you want a starter. Do you see Walker Kessler as a potential? starting center a defensive anchor in the league or is he too limited uh in, in other ways that maybe he he would be more of a backup oh uh, i mean we've seen you know one of the comparisons for him was cole aldridge we saw cole aldridge starting yeah. this, this was several years ago but we saw guys like him start a league before so maybe down the line he could you know be a starter i think right now he'll probably serve as a backup or a good defensive anchor but you know injuries do happen you know you saw some injuries last year with the Rockets, so there's a there's a way where he may he might even have to start due to you know what's going on. So I could maybe see it down the line, but right now probably probably not. It just depends on the team. Yeah, you know, actually the Rockets that was the greatest trade the Rockets ever made was acquiring Cole Alders. I don't know if you guys know that James Harden was <laughs> thrown into that trade as well. So. Yeah, some guy right. named James Harden was part of that trade. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so I also. Uh, like, like we've been talking about, you know, the later part of the draft, I, I do want to kind of still get your opinion on what we kind of heard today as far as with Chet Holmgren. Well, let me, before I even ask you that, you're, you're in the business, you talk to a lot of people. How much of what we hear this time of year is just smoke screens and not really actual real information? Because, like, we've been hearing a lot about OKC may pick Paulo Bancaro. Mm-hmm. Um, they may pick this guy. Is it more just a lot of smoke screen to where they're trying to get the Rockets to trade up or just whatever team to trade up and take the play that they want? Is most of the stuff that we hear this time of year really just false information on from agents or from other front offices just trying to get information out there? Yeah, I think no one no one really knows anything. I mean, I think a bunch of it is just a bunch of smoke. If you talk to the NBA team, they like all 60 guys. They like they like everybody. <laughs> yeah. every, every, according to them, they, they had all 60 picks. They would grab everyone. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take it with um, – this is just a grain of salt. I mean, some of it – and then you even heard before, some peop, some kids have been promised, I'm, you're going to go at four, six, seven, whatever it is. Yeah. This is by the team itself. Pick comes around, they're still waiting. 
So wow. even 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 the players don't the players that have been told directly from a scout or a staff member that they're going to go here, they don't end up going there. So everyone's trying to position and get leverage here and there. I mean, you even look at Boston, how they tricked the Sixers into picking Markel folks when they the best player on the board with Jason Tatum. It, it happens. I think a lot of people are just it's just smokescreen. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's a good question, Shark, because I think Houston fans are, are wondering that because, you know, at least just from a national media perspective, Orlando, OKC are getting sort of this treatment like they're keeping everything under wraps while yeah. the Rockets are pushing for Paolo Bancaro. Right. And so you just question, you know, is, is that real? I mean, I think the Rockets really are interested in Paolo. Obviously, uh, they'll take one of those three. But just, you know, why would it be? Why would that information even be out there? Are they, do yeah. they really have leaks or is it strategic and that kind of stuff? I'll say this, most of the stuff we see, Twitter, TV, that stuff isn't leaked. That, that, that is strategic, on-purpose information that is being leaked out. They do that on purpose. They have, Plants, you yeah. have some, some of the yeah, even NBA players, you know, they'll go tell our favorite media guy this and tell him to report <laughs> that out, yeah. but it's being leaked. And then, you know, LeBron or whoever, oh, my God, who's saying that? It's, it's strategically done. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are no real leaks, I think. I don't think so. Not not many. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And I, actually, I kind of want to ask you about that. Not not that, I, you know, you need to give specific names, but you, you break a lot of different stories um, before a lot of other people, you know, even hear anything about it. Is that just mainly from know agents reaching out to you or that you just know different people inside of these different organizations or how does that process normally work you know of course without giving away too much of how you get your information um yeah it'll be it'll be agents sometimes you know some of the people or maybe the I may know them directly they trust yeah. me with that type of information and you know they'll let me you know break it per se or they'll let me handle it or whatever whatever they whatever I feel sometimes may be best it's a variety of different things sometimes you even hear stuff you know sometimes it was, uh, I think it was last week. I, th- I thought the kid was going somewhere else. He was going to a completely different school. And uh, yeah. a fan told me, you know, it's the weirdest, you know, the, the weirdest thing, you know, he, yeah. he had a, you know, who knows? He, it was a burner account type of thing. So maybe, you know, maybe he yeah. could have been somebody, whoever behind that screen. But I was told, you know, I thought he was going here. We were kind of waiting, but he was like, no, nah, he's going here. And he ended up being right. We ended up getting a couple of graphics together and we broke the story. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know if any fans will be helping me going forward, but that was that was that was nice <laughs> of him to do that. Yes, <laughs> it happens, man. I, yeah, I know happens. our forums like uh, we get oh, yeah. people who are like suddenly plugged in on something and they'll share yeah. it, and you, you kind of disregard it, and then when it becomes true. You're like, okay, this this person <laughs> knew what they were talking about. So yeah, that's fascinating. And I'll yeah. I'll say too, sometimes you know. Basketball is a big sports, a lot of different people, but sometimes you'll run into the same people multiple times and you'll just hear things the same way. Cause you'll go, you'll go to an event, you'll see the same person over and over and over again. You'll end up meeting them, connecting, whatever. And, you know, you may have some information, you know, going forward after that. And I, I want to kind of go back to, um, as you mentioned earlier, I talked to a bunch of different uh, college coaches and we had talked about players that maybe people are missing out on that they think that you should be paying attention to. Is there any players that, has been in a lot of different mock drafts that a lot of co- college coaches maybe are not as high on that they don't think that should be, you know, possibly drafted as high as they are projected to be drafted tomorrow. Um, I, I'm have to see. I know they have like, for example, one was Max Christie. I know that he's. I don't think he's considered a first round pick anymore. He'll probably be like an yeah. early second. He was a guy, you know, he really talented. You know, he didn't really show everything that he could, and he's he's a little soft. 
But he yeah. was a guy that kind of name kind of floated out a little bit. Um, he was he was one of them. Caleb Houston was another. Um, yeah. You know, these are five star recruits. You know, in their respective high school class, they just might not have showed everything they may feel they were capable of. Patrick Baldwin was another. Yeah. So, um, yeah. though it was it was pretty much those guys. I'm going to be very curious to see where Patrick Baldwin Jr. goes uh, tomorrow yeah. because that's just that's the kind of situation where, like you know, he was top five, top eight, whatever you want to yeah. call it, going into the into the or last year in projections yeah, off season, yeah. And you know, he didn't measure out great with the the vertical jump, so I I don't know. I'm going to be very curious because I think somebody has to look at that and think maybe there's some untapped potential and take him a little earlier than expected. Yeah. You may stash him. You know, you may put him in a G League for a couple of years and. You know, and just see, see, maybe, maybe he develops. You know, maybe he'll be a solid role player for you down the road. And speaking of G League, I want to ask you: Are teams more likely to take chances now? Now that the G League is actually developing into a league where they feel comfortable sending their players to, that almost every, you know, every team has a G League affiliate, almost except mm-hmm. for maybe one. Are they feeling more comfortable taking chances on these draft prospects a lot more than they would have probably three or four years ago? I think so. I think the league is it's a copycat league. You see what the Warriors did. They had several of their players played yeah. in the played in the G League at one point. You know, they just won a won an NBA championship. So I think that, you know, you trust your staff and I assuming you do, I think they are more willing likely to take the take players like that. It was it was a couple of drafts ago. I I think it might have been Marcus Smart's class. I think sixteen or seventeen of those first round picks played in the G League at some point. It was yeah. the highest ever at the time. So I think they're definitely um willing more willing to take some more slider risk, especially the talent. But like this draft, I'm sure you, you're going to see some people take some risks because they just they're not they don't know. Awesome, man. This guy's this draft. I love the draft. It's like the, the my yeah. favorite time of year for the NBA. And so I think this is going to be, you know, this is the second straight year where the Rockets go into the draft with three first round picks, too. So yeah, I think yeah. it's it's going to for the for Rockets fans. We're like all over the map as far as some of these guys. But I think, oh, yeah, <laughs> Houston needs desperately some they need some size. They need some big men and they need some wings, some guys who can defend. So I think that's what they're hoping to come out of this draft with. Yeah. I, I hope we see some trades too. I hope we see like just chaos. You know, I'm, I'm all for the chaos. I hope we just, <laughs> yeah. I hope as soon as, as soon as the, you know, the draft begins, I hope just everyone just gets traded. I, I would just love, love, just love to see that, especially with, you know, the rumors of Kyrie and his situation going on. Maybe we, maybe we see some movement going on. Yeah. yeah. And Houston's very invested in that too, because they yeah. have Brooklyn's right. picks. So right. yeah, go ahead, LaShar. No, I was just going to say, yeah, even with John Collins, they're saying a lot of reports yeah. are coming out that they, they're trying to trade him before tomorrow's draft. So, I mean, we mm. can even see him getting moved. And then, um, mm. like Dave said, I mean, the Rockets have all these picks now. They possibly trying to move up. And, you know, I, I think it's actually going to be a, a, a lot more movement than normal on draft night, just because like okay. you were saying, like, I, I don't think a lot of these teams are a hundred percent sure on what they're, who they're drafting tomorrow. So, you know, you can see a, a definitely a lot of movement. A couple of players, actually other – actually Houston Cougars I want to ask you about uh, before we get towards the end of the show. I want to ask you about Fabian White and Taz Moore as far as mm-hmm. what have you heard about them? Are they more back in the second round, maybe un, un, undrafted free agent? Have you heard anything in particular about them? I've heard – yeah, I've heard that probably more towards the undrafted route. Um yeah. They'll both get picked up. I think they'll both be in the summer league as well. It's interesting, you know, that middle, early second round, that the undrafted Frazier calls are more competitive than the draft because you have a bunch <laughs> yeah. of teams fighting, yeah. trying to get, trying to hit up agents, trying to see which kid they can sign. And those will be two that I think will get caught. They'll hear their name out early, getting picked up by a team. I mean, Fabian, he's a winner. I mean, he's just yeah. he's just a winner. He's won at every level, high school, 
in high school and college and Taz, he's a phenomenal athlete. I think that both of them have a chance and we'll get to see them both in the summer league. Awesome. And, uh, and uh, well, also I want to ask you, was there any other, maybe people that are back in the draft, um, like we were just talking about, you know, undrafted free agents, anybody else that we should be like keeping our eye on that even if they do get, you know, don't get picked tomorrow, that teams are going to be kind of clamoring for to try to get them into their uh, summer league or into their camp. Well, one, I guess you'll probably, you'll probably hear their name get drafted with Julian Champagne from St. John's and Tyrese Martin from uh, UConn. I know that coaches really, really like them and they've been in, they've been in college for a while. Um, Real tough, physical three and D guys. And what they really love the most is that, um, they're mature and they'll help. They think they'll help any team win just with their maturity. And they know how to play basketball. They were both coached really, really well. And they trust that anything that's thrown at them, they'll be able to handle. You know, those second round guys, it's a grind. And nothing's guaranteed. You might not be making a ton of money. But those two specifically, they believe that no matter what's thrown at them, they'll be able to handle it nicely and they'll be able to make someone's team. You know, we talked about this, I think, last time uh, we had you on. And you see next year's draft is significantly better than this year's? Is that correct? I, I, I think so. I think so. If everyone, if everything goes how it's supposed to go, but there's no absolutes, I think I think this would be better because you have a couple of guys in there. I think they can make immediate impacts in the league. I think instead of having, let's say, three to four guys in this year, I think you could probably see five to seven in next year's draft potentially. Oh, wow. Yeah, and a team like Houston that expects at least to be probably in the bottom five of the league, you know, they could surprise, yeah. but I would think that they're probably going to be there. Um, that's actually really important to know. Cause isn't a uh, Victor the the uh the kid? Wembanyama. Yeah, he'll he'll yeah. So I, that yeah that kid. I think you're gonna see people. They're gonna be flaming out like December. Oh yeah, like we haven't <laughs> yeah, seen exactly. before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. Play, for sure. Players, you know, <laughs> yeah. players. Our lashes are hurt. They just gotta miss the next six <laughs> weeks. And so yeah, I think yeah. you're gonna see a lot of wild things next year trying to get a kid like that. Oh yeah, especially since it just worked so well up for OKC. Yeah. They got the number two pick and. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, the last two weeks of the season or so, they were cutting 10-day uh, contracts that actually performed. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, were, they were definitely trying to get some losses there. Yeah. And I want to kind of ask you, uh, before I wrap it up here, I want to kind of ask you about the kind of current roster here. I don't know how much you may have heard in your dealings with college coaches. I don't know if they really even mentioned that or just talking to agents. Something that kind of came out recently, uh, especially after the Christian Wood trade was – the possibility that some people or some agents don't necessarily like their clients playing with Kevin Porter Jr. here in Houston. I mean, have you heard anything about the Houston culture? Because we keep hearing that coming up a lot lately as well, as far as um, agents not wanting their players to come play at Houston. I haven't heard that. Um, I, have, I haven't heard anything like that. At all. I mean, I, th- I think people want to definitely play for coach. I think that people people love playing for him. You know, he's a young, yeah. he's a younger coach, but he, he, I think he's well respected in the league. You have Jalen Green and things like that. Um, KP, he's an he's an interesting dude. I haven't met him personally, but just what I've seen, he's a very interesting dude. But hmm. I know some of the players do like him that are on the team now. So I haven't heard anything like that though. Yeah. I, I mean. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe some free agents might not want to play because, you know, the Rockets, they're trying to get better through the draft. So that yeah. that would make sense. But you can look at a team like Dallas. Dallas has never been able to land a free agent. And they have Luka Doncic on the team. So yeah. I think it's kind of just what do you really want, per se? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a hot topic right now with Rocket fans because KPJ is getting – 
I think some strays, some friendly fire or whatever you want to oh, call yeah. it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's getting yeah, some he's... flack right now for the culture issues after they traded Christian Wood because there were some stuff. There was some stuff with Christian yeah. Wood. But as far as from what I hear, you know, the players around the league and in the locker room love him. I think yeah. KPJ's issues are more – they can be coaching related or they can be a GM related. You know, like, you know, he's got some some issues there that – you know, maybe some friction from time to time, but he's been really good with the Rockets since that yeah. that uh, halftime incident. And um, hopefully, this is just uh, an unfair reputation that they're yeah. they're picking up. And and he's a guy that you know you have to. It's the way when you communicate with people. You communicate with people differently. Some you can how you can talk to your wife. You can talk to someone else different. I think he's one of those guys. You know, he may need he may need to be coddled more, or he may need you know yeah. the Jimmy Butler route. How you need to coach him hard. You know, you got to kind of find out what that is, particularly for him, but. I think he's just one of those guys you have to, you know, love him, coach him up, and just you might have to, like, coddle him a little bit more than typical people because they just don't respond that way. So I, I think that he's a good dude. And he, he, like you said, he has been a good player for the Rock. I think that that may be more bad reputation. Who knows? Maybe they trade him tomorrow. You know, who knows? You know, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that would have. be something. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, think he's, I think he's a good dude, though. I don't, I don't, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. And, one more uh, question I want to ask before we uh, we wrap up the show. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at we're looking at this current draft um, compared to to last year's draft. Um, do you see or would you, if you're looking at the top three players, is there any reason why, if you're the Rockets, would you move up, even if it's to get if you know Paulo Bancaro is going one or two, are the players just so close that you wouldn't even consider that trying to give up assets just to move up one or two spots, would you be fine with any of the top three, um, no matter who falls at number three? I think you'll be fine with either of the, either the top three. Personally, I think Paolo is the best player in the class, but I don't it, – it would really depend on what, I, on what I'm giving up. So if I have to give up another first-round pick in KPJ, I wouldn't do it. I would be fine at three. I wouldn't – any young player that you see part of your future – yeah. I wouldn't. I would want even like Eric Gordon, a guy they've been trying to move. I wouldn't do it because I feel like you can get more for him. You can get something at least maybe next year's first round pick or something. I wouldn't try to give him up just to get a player like that. But I do understand the logic though, because you're getting the best player in the draft. Sure, but I would. I would probably. I would probably stay where I'm at. I, I don't think I would move unless you're just for sure. And and, and it all and it all makes sense. And, and strangely, it looks like the dominoes are falling that way, right? I mean, I know he's your number one. Looks like he might fall right to the Rockets at three, yeah, but right, you know, right. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So just to remind everybody, so who was like, who was two and three on on your list? I probably have Paolo, probably Chet, then Jabbar. I mean, it's all really, really close. I, like, I really yeah. do like Jabbar. He's, he's, he's really, really talented. Um, I guess it's just for Chet, just the defensive upside. He can, he can shoot. He's skilled. Um, had to put on some weight, like we all know, but I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I talked to a coach that actually helped coach him at AAU, and so he had a different perspective, you know, watching him grow up. But he he said that he thought that he would he was he was the best player in the class, and that he thought that he would be a star. Actually, so I lied a little bit. That wasn't the last question. Why did you bring up? Had you bring up Chet? I wanted to ask you because something I've been doing a lot of reading on him, um, even though it doesn't look like the Rockets may be drafting him, um, but it seems like everywhere he's been. That, like you said, that the weight hasn't really been an issue from his coaches yeah. to the people that been around him. It's, it's just seemed that the way he is on the court, that he doesn't back down from anybody. Do you see that as being a? Of course, it's a, a issue. You you know you have to consider it going into the right. NBA. But do you see that as a major issue? Is something that's going to keep him from taking that next level or becoming a star in the NBA? Is just the fact that he has a slight frame. 
No, it doesn't. I mean, he'll he'll get the he's gonna get the best chefs, trainers, etc. That, that that money can buy. He'll be fine. I mean, we Mo Bamba hasn't really panned out. We criticize Mo Bamba's way. He's gained weight. Kevin Durant's yeah. gained weight. We've seen some of these players that have been frail before coming and gain weight. The weight, you know, it may be an issue in some instances, but the production's always gonna that that's gonna always matter. Mo, he's producing on the floor. Sure. I mean, he may have some nicks, knacks, and bruises at first, but it's a learning experience. He's what nineteen. Something yeah. like that. So he, he's still he's yeah he's still a kid. So I I don't personally think that'll um, be an issue. And he's a tough kid. He's from Minnesota, that area where he's from. Um, his dad really raised him white. He played for Coach B up there at uh, Minnehaha. They really coached him well. He's a he's a firecracker himself. So he's tough. <laughs> he's he's not gonna he's not gonna back down from anybody. And that's one thing I respect about him the most. Yeah, they actually asked him if he was you know the concerns about his strength and frame and. He just kind of smiled, and he's like, "I'm not even slightly concerned about it." So, yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, definitely has the confidence. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's very confident. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, and then the way the league's going now, you have five. They're stressed five anyway. They're not even going to be backing him down to the basket true. that much anyway. So that that'll be something that'll even help him in the long run too. Yeah, I mean, even Absolutely. the Embiid's and the Jokic's of the world, they're not consistently yeah. in the right. paint. They're out there, right. you know, taking right. step-back threes like James Harden. So, yeah, I definitely right. understand your point on that. Um, so, yeah, I have the big nights tomorrow. I guess we're going to finally find out um, who the Rockets are going to be selecting, and then we can move on to arguing about something else, like whether KPJs <laughs> are traditional point guards. So, yeah, at least we'll have exactly. the draft out of the way, and we can move on and start talking about that. Um, right. Dave, as usual, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Uh, Thank joining you, us today. Yeah, yeah. My, my pleasure, Tobias, man. Always always great to, to hear your insight and appreciate the info you shared with us. No problem, man. Thank you. Yeah, this, this is definitely my favorite podcast. I've been on probably when I mean, the summer just started, but probably all year. So whenever you guys want to have me on, just let me know. I'm down to come on anytime. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Really appreciate that. We, appreciate we'd love that, to have man. you on again for sure. Yeah, you know, I'll be keeping in you know constant contact with you asking you questions about different players so yeah i mean you know i'm gonna keep talking to you and definitely we'll have you back on uh for sure um i know you got to go and actually go cover hockey which is is <laughs> yeah. definitely something <laughs> yeah, yeah, um yeah. and then you have a big night tomorrow you know i know y'all doing big things over at the athletic so you know y'all definitely one of our go-to sources for any type of information so and yeah, definitely appreciate the hard work yeah, the su- yeah. The subscription to athletic has been you know it's at first it. i was like always hesitant because like i said i've mentioned I, I i rarely subscribe to something but it's been probably the, the best investment extremely valuable yeah uh well worth it not expensive um and yeah. great great information and insights yeah. so yeah appreciate you coming on thank you all anytime anytime yeah. And and again, before we wrap it up here, why don't you just let everybody know where they can find all that great content? You can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass like the fish. And go subscribe to the athletic like they just said. We're putting out a bunch of great t- content from all yeah. sports, you know, from hockey to football. So we have everything in between. We'll be doing big stuff tonight for the draft as well. I'm going to hear from some of our best analysts like Hollinger, um, CJ Moore, etc. So they're all, those guys will all be contributing on there as well. So Go ahead and give us a subscribe and follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Indeed, absolutely, awesome. for sure. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. As usual, we appreciate everybody that comes on. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, this video will be up on YouTube here shortly. So make sure you're uh, checking that out. And as usual, we appreciate everybody that jump on every week. And make sure you uh, join us. Actually, coming up, our next episode is going to be this Saturday because it was like a bonus episode. We'll be joined by Ben DeBose, who, you know, everybody in Rockets Twitter know who Ben DeBose is. So (laughs) we'll be definitely getting his opinion on the draft and whoever the Rockets selected. So make sure you come back and uh, join us Saturday. And as always, appreciate everybody that comes on. And uh, we'll definitely be looking for you on our next episode of the Rockets Fuel 
podcast presented by Clutch Fans.